BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to another episode of Big Money Energy, where we talk to super successful and self-made people to find out exactly how they did it, how they went from nothing to something. I'm Ryan Serhant, and today I am joined by none other than Jillian Michaels. She's a fitness entrepreneur, TV personality, businesswoman, author, and so much more. You probably know her from TV, or maybe you have her app. We talk about overcoming setbacks so scary that they almost bring you to your knees. We go through advice for women as they break into the business world, and we talk about how to turn your passion into a multi-million dollar empire which is really, really, really hard to do. But if anyone knows how to do it, it's Jillian. So let's get into it. Welcome to another episode. Today is a super, super special day because I get to sit down with one of the biggest fitness experts uh, in the world. I have a 15-page intro here to read, so I'm not going to even do that. Uh, uh, And I cannot wait for you guys to hear how awesome she is. So without further ado... The Jillian Michaels. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So, how are you? Where are you? You at home? I am at home in my uh, in my office, and the bar you see growing out of my head is the handle to the Murphy bed in the office. So, uh, I have had a metal bar growing out of my head now for almost a year in every interview. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. We're in our uh, our new office. Uh, we started a new company in the fall. And so we took down a, a townhouse in Tribeca. And so this is the dining room. Um, it's beautiful. That is also my office. But it's like, it's the way it's supposed to be now, right? Oh my gosh. We are in full lockdown. And I, you know, I do the whole spiel in my head every day where I'm like, 
you're lucky. Be grateful. You have your health. You're fortunate. You could get outside. Shut the fuck up. You can work. But it's like, oh my God, Ryan, it's getting so old, right? Like it's just grueling and the kids aren't in school and it's just like, oh, but we're going to get through it. I think summer will see like a genuine light at the end of this hell ride. Yeah. The way you just kind of framed that whole moment, because hearing you have to give yourself kind of those inner mantras and inner monologues, I think it's kind of an eye opener because everybody else has to do the same thing. But to know that you do it too and go through it is pretty humbling. Do you have morning rituals? Like when you wake up, do you have kind of a way that you start your day? Coffee. (laughs) Lots of it. Lots of it. Like I, I really should have some sort of like, first I do a morning meditation, but that's just, that would be bullshit. Like the reality is my 10 year old wakes me up and lets me know that the cafe in the kitchen is open. I need to get up. I need to start making the breakfast, even though they don't have anywhere to be. I'm like, you're not on zoom for another hour and a half. Leave me alone. But she's up. She's crack of dawn. She's at my door. So that's a ritual. And then I caffeinate myself, feed everybody in the house take my vitamins, and then generally get the kids on Zoom or my co-parents. I hate to say X because it seems to have some negative connotation, but the kids either mom is fantastic and me or her get them on their Zoom and then I begin my work day. Are you organic all day, every day? Or are you organic 80%? Or are you kind of like, yeah, you mix it up a little bit? I eat out. I'm guilty of eating out. So that is where the non-organic stuff would come from. And when I do do that, there are certain things I stay away from. So I I wouldn't eat red meat unless it was grass-fed, grass-finished, organic. That's where I get a little nuts because organic isn't necessarily about what you're getting. It's about what you're not getting. So I, I don't want the fake colors, fake fats, fake sugars, hormones, antibiotics, preservatives. I just, I don't want it. So I have the luxury, and I realize this is a very elitist, obnoxious thing to say, but I have the luxury to afford organics, and I spend money on organic food whenever I can. Do you still, as I'm thinking about organic, I'm thinking about how healthy you are, before everything, the TV and all that, you actually did Muay Thai for a long time, right? I Well, it's actually um, a hybrid style. My teacher was one of the original MMA pioneers. Mind you, this is a long time ago. I started taking martial arts when I was 13. Was that your choice to get into it? Or did your parents say, hey, you keep beating people up. You should do this in a good setting. (laughs) My mom definitely saw that I needed an outlet and a place where I could kind of belong And she was dating a guy whose nephews were taking martial arts and I showed an interest. So she took me to audit a class and I immediately felt a sense of belonging, a sense of empowerment. And it was a a definite journey for me over the years. But Muay Thai was one of the modalities that he pulled from. So I, I say Muay Thai because people you know, you bring up this name and no one's ever heard of it. And you're like, well, part of it's Kung Fu and part of it is Aikido. And part of it, so I just say Muay Thai because it's easier. Totally. It's crazy how big that sport has become, given how sensitive everyone is about absolutely anything right now. <laughs> MMA, 
You know, you've got some of the most sensitive people in Los Angeles paying billions and millions to watch people kick each other's ass with with just with their bare hands, and then they leave and they get really really sensitive. It's like it's kind of like I don't know. There's something there. What was that community like to you? Because you said you were looking for a kind of belonging, right? Especially as, as a young girl growing up, kind of that. Do you call it like the fighting community versus? the fitness community? Are those two communities totally separate? I think they are for sure. For me in particular, because you know my parents were going through a divorce. I was a chubby kid. I was gay and didn't know I was gay, but everybody else seemed to know I was gay because I used to get called all the names. <laughs> I was like, they're so dumb. I'm not even gay. They could call me dyke, but like, I'm not until later. I was like, oh shit, I guess maybe this was a thing. But it, <laughs> I literally had no idea, but I was picked on a lot. And so being put in this environment where, quite honestly, there were a lot of grownups. Grownups aren't going to pick on kids, right? There were different belt ranges, but there were different ages in those belt ranges. So you would go to a fight night, you'd have a 35-year-old guy and an 18-year-old senior and then me. And so there was a, a wide range of individuals from all walks of life. And we were a family. And it wasn't even about a fitness cult. It was too long ago for that to even have been a thing. And it, it wasn't about MMA because that wasn't a thing. I remember Jean-Claude Van Damme came out with that movie, what was it, Bloodsport? And it kind of exposed. The, and I was like, what is this? Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was so foreign to people, whereas now it's so incredibly mainstream. I just think of it as a very accepting community that where we kind of had our own little bubble and everybody was kind. And that's what I really needed at that time. And then martial arts helped me get in shape, but it also showed me like, wow, you, you actually are strong. You, you are capable. You are, it, it improved my self-image. And when I carried that forward in other aspects of my life, I stopped being bullied like overnight. It was kind of fascinating. Like because I changed my mind. I, I felt like I could. So like all of a sudden. Well, they also day, knew you could. Right? I kind like of thought I could. And then I was like, all right, you know what? Like, come at me, bro. And the minute you sort of have that mentality where you're carrying yourself different and you're respecting yourself, it's very bizarre. No one ever messed with me. I went kind of from loser to loner, but no one ever really messed with me <laughs> after that. It was weird. We just had a baby. She's about to turn two. Um, her name is Zena. Everything changes when you have a, a little girl. Like there was a little boy in the playground who like went up to the, to the slide and she was trying to go up and he pushed her over. <gasps> and my immediate reaction was like, well, I have to kill him now. Like, I'm sorry to his family. Like, I get it. He's probably like one and a half, but like, you can't, that's, that's, that, that, that's mine. Amelia literally like grabbed me and she's like, listen, you can't, you can't hurt kids here. You know, like zena has got to learn. She's got to learn. And so, you know, I get asked a lot of questions from women in business who are either in sales like myself or they're, they're you know, they're working in different types of jobs. They always talk to me about having a lack of confidence in a room that is surrounded by men. You know, like a, a girl who's like a young analyst at a bank or um, she's new in sales and she's coming in and guys have their thing and they don't take the girls serious. I kind of have my answer that I typically give to them, but I'd love to know what you could say uh, to all those girls. Because I know a lot of them are going to listen to this, uh, especially women in sales and a lot of businesses that are so dominated by, by men and a lot of them are dominated by white men. What do you say to those, to those girls in that first job? Is it just know your shit? and talk up and don't be, don't be shy. Here's the reality. There is all of that. Um, and that's great, right? You, you don't have a choice, but to do that. And, and you know, you must do that. But my business partner and I have a running joke and I call him my man piece. And what I mean by that is 
I can say things like, for example, we have an organic nitro cold brew coffee company. We just have a new line of these organic coffee, these cans, and the wrap looks like shit. Complete shit. I got the samples and I was like, this is this is unacceptable. I've never even seen this before. This can't go to a retailer. This isn't safe. So I call him and I was like, okay, what happened here? We need to deal with it. He's like, all right, I want you to send an email to all the partners and the investors saying we need a we need a call immediately. None of them responded. None of them responded. None of them. To you? Nope. Two days later, I called him and I was like, all right, you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to get everybody on the phone. And so he's like, no problem. So he's like, hey guys, Kathleen's gonna be setting up this call. Send times are available, and they all do. Now that's fucked up. I've tried, I've said it every way. I've done the whole calm, no emotion thing. I've I've done it all. And the reality is that sometimes the world is not perfect. The world is not fair. And you will have to find a way around it. And and so I use him. Period. It's like, and it gets it done for me. I need to get shit done. I don't have time to play games with your ego or your personality or like, why aren't you responding to me? No. So there are times where you might have to push things through. You might have to do it without permission. You might have to get a little help from a coworker or a mentor who believes in you. And I, I in no means am trying to shit on guys. I think I've had tremendous male mentors and I've had men support me in business far sooner than competitive catty women have. You know For what sure. I mean? Yep. But if you are dealing with that, it is a very legitimate thing, just like other problems in business. And Find a way around it. That's one of the things I do, and I don't care that it's not perfect. It works for me, and it's time efficient, and I get what I need done. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. The other question I get a lot is with people trying to find their passion, right? And they, they connect work to passion. They feel that if they're going to take a job that they don't love doing, they're going to hate their life forever because so many people say to find your passion. But then you have other people who say, screw that. Don't find your passion. You got to make money, fall in love with money, fall in love with sales, fall in love with whatever you want to do. And then do a passion as a side piece as your hobby. You tell me, but it's, it seems to the world like you really like fitness. It is a passion of yours. And I, I don't think you'd be where you are today if it wasn't something that you actually loved. Do you find yourself to be incredibly lucky? Or is that something that you actually worked on where you knew that, hey, I like fitness. I could be good at it. I'm going to turn this into a business. No, I fell into it by accident. I was training for my black belt at 17. People saw do. me yeah. in the gym. <laughs> And they would ask me like, oh, how much do you charge? And I was like, for what? <laughs> I don't know what they were propositioning me for. And I, I realized they were like, oh, I want you to be my personal trainer. I was like, oh, okay. So I thought like, how much does this job pay? That I think I was making like five bucks an hour delivering pizzas. So I could make like $15 an hour being a trainer. And fortunately, my mom had the foresight to say like, I think you need some sort of credential. So she got me my first uh, little certification in training and I fell into it and I did it very organically for years until I was 24. And then I started to get that pressure, right? Like, what are you going to do with your life? You can't live like this forever. You know, you can't just be, cause I was training during the day, bartending at night, making great money, super happy. And I was uh, dating a person who was Ivy league working in the television industry. So I thought, oh, I guess I need to get a real job. So this is where, you know, you fall into the shoulds. I should do this instead of what you think you want. And I learned very quickly that the more security you seek in life, the less you're going to have. I'd never got paid less money. I'd never been more miserable. So by 27, I had worked my way up to being a motion picture talent agent. And I ended up being fired because I hated it and hated the people. So I fell back into fitness and then realized like, wait a second, I'm waking up every day happy. I love what I do. I'm great at it. It's authentic to me. How can I turn this into a business beyond paycheck to paycheck, invoice to invoice? And then that's a longer story. But it it did have to be a very real experience of like making the mistakes of going down the you should path versus seeing the, not to use this very on-trend term, but it's it's relevant, the flow and the serendipity that came when I did what I loved. And at that point, I was like, all right, this is this is inevitable that I'm supposed to do this. How do I turn it into a business? What was a moment in the last 16 years in building your businesses and the various businesses from the apps to the coffee company to everything else, the shows? When did you think or did you ever think, hey, this isn't going to work out? Or did you ever feel like a failure at any time? I think people look to you and they're like, man, she has her shit together. She has what I've always said about people when I first came to New York and had no money. It was like, that person's got super magnetic energy. And I would say they have big money energy. And that's how this whole thing started for me. But did you ever feel like kind of curling up in a ball and just going and doing something else? Oh my God, so many times. 
I mean, there were lawsuits that literally brought me to my knees. There was one. Yeah. Oh my God. One of the most important pieces of advice I could ever give an entrepreneur is be so careful with your legal advice. Get multiple opinions. Make sure you know exactly what you are signing. One lawyer had made a mistake on a contract. I don't know why. To this day, I don't know why. And he did not disclose to this company that NBC had the right to approve commercials. No idea why. So to make a long story short, it was actually a supplement company that I was working with way back in the day. And because the supplements did so well, there was a class action lawsuit brought against us. It was all dismissed, of course, as being totally bogus, but it destroyed the products, right? So these guys were like, well, we don't want to pay her. The products are destroyed and we have a multi-million dollar guarantee we owe her. So they found this mistake in the contract that said, you know, that NBC, that we hadn't disclosed it in the contract. To make a long story short, they sued me for fraud, fraud. And they wanted every dollar they'd ever spent on the product, every dollar they've ever given me. Fraud means there's no insurance. There's no declaring bankruptcy. You lose everything. And the amount was like insane, this insane amount of money. And it was hell. I And I had to literally... After all the lawyers got done doing their thing, I personally had to fly out and deal with the owners of this company. And I was like, okay, you're not going to get blood from a stone. Like, what is it that you really want? And I, I had to end up resolving it. It cost me millions of dollars, but I had to end up resolving it myself at the end of the day. I mean, there were moments like that that were just absolutely insane, huge disasters that I, I you know, hindsight's 2020. There were, you know, the public hater thing. You adapt to that. You know, in the beginning, you're like, oh my God, like I had said in a women's health article. And at this point I was a golden child, right? Everybody loved me. All the like cool cats wanted to like get to know me in town. You know, I was getting calls from like all these A-list celebrities. And, and I, I was young. I was like totally starstruck. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And my popularity score was here. I wasn't like, gosh, she's such a bitch. I hate her. I was the opposite of that. Everyone loved me. I was the golden girl. I gave an interview to Women's Health and they asked me about having a child. And this is obviously years ago. And I was like, I don't know, you know, maybe one day. And they were like, oh, would you carry a child or adopt? And I was like, I would adopt. And they're like, oh, why? And I was like, God, I don't, you know, and I didn't disclose that I had have something called endometriosis, which is a long story, but like, I just never, and to be honest, like, I don't really care to see my own genetics. I'm five foot two. I had to get a nose job. I had acne. I'm prone to being overweight. It took a ton of money to fix my teeth. There's nothing special going on with me. I can adopt a kid and be perfectly happy, right? Like I don't need a little Jillian running around, but oh my God, it turned into Jillian Michaels never said it. So the headline was Jillian Michaels thinks pregnancy ruins a body. And oh my, I went from being like, Oh my God, your Q score is insane. We want to give you a daytime show. They pulled the daytime show. It was a mess. And that was the first time I was really like got the public hate. And it, when you first experience it, it rocks you. Like you just feel under siege. Like is some, like is a mob going to break into my house and kill me? Like what? It's the craziest thing. And then you survive it and you survive the lawsuit and you survive the next thing. And now I'm like, whatever. You get to that place, right? Where you're like, I have walked through hell and back, bring your hate, bring your crazy, bring your cancel culture and get fucked. Like nothing scares me anymore. <laughs> nothing. Cause I've been there, done that and lived to tell.
but it took a lot to get here for sure. Thank you for uh, going into that and telling those two stories. Most people wouldn't because they get embarrassed or, or shameful, but it is a, it's an important learning process. I think one, as you go through those things, but also as you talk about them so that it can help prevent other people from going through similar, like a very, very different level for me, obviously. But, you know, I, I was sued for fraud. Um, uh, and it was in all the real estate trade magazines, which for my oh. business, every developer, banker, lender, I sold an apartment to a guy in 2014 when the market was really, really hot. And I got him, a, he got a great deal you know, and everyone was paying full price. I think I got it for him for like 500,000 off the asking. Uh, I bought it. And then he wanted to sell it a couple of years later. The market has since right. turned. A building got built up in front of his window and he was losing money. And so Million Dollar Listing New York comes on the air, comes on TV, um, and he comes after me. He's like, that guy defrauded me. He should have told me. And so it's this ridiculous fraudulent lawsuit. But then the headline is Ryan Serhan sued for real estate fraud. Real estate's kind of my life, right? And I, I sell a lot of real estate. And so every developer, every client was like, dude, you're cool. But what's this? Because people don't know, right? Everyone reads the headline. Everyone reads it. It was such a, it's broken. But here's how you know that you're successful. Because what begot the mess with the supplements was that they were so successful the headlines were Jillian Michaels supplements kill people. Jillian Michaels, they were all <laughs> organic. And nowadays you would call it a pre-workout because it's so much more politically correct. It was that and Jillian Michaels thinks pregnancy ruins a body. And everyone was like, oh, she's a piece of shit. What a bitch. Total fraud. Her and her diet pills. And by the way, all the lawsuits were dismissed, but they never printed that. It wasn't like, oh, this is all bogus. And it destroyed the product, destroyed my name. And it's like, that's how you know that you're successful is that people start suing you and you just become a little smarter and a little wiser and you don't settle the lawsuits and you get like crazy litigators to triple check contracts. But it's so hard. I can't imagine what that must have been like for you. What would you say your biggest professional accomplishment is then? Longevity. To be honest, I mean, I remember people be like, ah, her 15 minutes of fame. And I'm like, well, I'm about... 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, as a, as a public figure, I'm 16 years into it. As a person in the business, I'm 30 years into it, or 29, because I started as a teenager. So that's that feels really good because you're like, yeah, you know what? Still on top, like still the go-to, still the one that like gets the ask for, oh, we're doing this article in blank. Let's get Jill. She's the expert. Let's get Jill, even though they're don't get me wrong. There are tremendous talents um, in this field that, that are, you know, in fact, specialize in other things that I'm not great at, like bodybuilding. I don't know anything about bodybuilding. Nobody would come to me for that. However, the longevity, in my opinion, is a true testament to the authenticity of your message, um, the efficacy of your products and your programs. And that is my biggest pride is also having weathered and survived all of these storms for those reasons I just mentioned. Yeah, endurance for the win, right? Yes, 100%. Always, 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 always. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Was 2020 a good year for your businesses, especially for the app and people stuck at home? Yeah. Um, did you notice like increased downloads and was it a good income year? The app did great. Um, and you almost feel kind of dirty saying that, right? Because you're like, oh God, ugh, I don't want to say it. I profited off of this. It certainly was nobody's intention. I have been in at-home fitness for the longest time. So fortunately that part of our business did well. Other parts took a massive hit. So for example, any television appearances, any public speaking, um, all of that stuff where I made a good amount of money, like lost all of that. Obviously that was gone, right? We're not doing any of that. You know, then the industries that required foot traffic, like the coffee just got smashed. It's organic nitro cold brew. Like we can't ship it through Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not shelf stable. It requires refrigeration. You've got to find it at a retailer. Like that just got absolutely murdered. But then the supplement company that I invested in went through the roof because everyone's like, oh my God, I, you know, I want to make sure I need that to stay I'm, home. I got to be healthy. I got to take care of myself. I want to get all my zinc and my, you know, my D and my K2 and my C. And it's like, so we, I would say we netted out even. So where we took hits in some businesses, other businesses did well. And, you know, I'm just glad to be working. I'm not going to lie. Like work is such a huge component of my life. I think it was Freud, right? Who said you have these two essential buckets of meaning. One is your work and one is your family and your loved ones. And I'm very lucky that both are currently intact. So I'm, I'm grateful beyond and lucky beyond for those two things. Yeah. You know, you talked about the investments that you make in all these different companies. And I think in order to make kind of calculated bets that way with your own money, like your own cash, right? You're, you're sweating for that money and you're like, nah, it seems like a good idea. Here's some money. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. 
you have to be able to have uh, like foresight into the future. I know no one could predict a pandemic, but you know it is now 2021, right? We're looking into the future. Where where does the fitness industry go from here? You know, in New York, the fitness industry looks a lot different than it did even a year ago. It's pretty wild. Do you have a prediction? Like, what are you what are you excited about? I am. So I can go invest it. That's really what I'm excited well, about. Well, here's the thing. To, to be to be honest, I believe there's going to be a hybrid model. I think a lot of the things that people have taken up at home. Because, for example, I actually did like to work out at home because I was like, no, this is my business. I want to go to the gym. I don't want a gym in my house. I don't want to see it. I want to go to the gym. I want to be around other people. You, I want to you don't have a gym in your own house? I hated it. I was like, no, I want to I want to train with another trainer. I don't want to hear my voice. I, you know, I want to learn their fitness philosophy. I want to take an MMA class with this guy because he's amazing. And I want to take a yoga class with her because she's amazing. And I like this woman's spin class. She's amazing. Like, and I, I also believe that the best teacher is the best student. So I'm constantly learning from other fitness professionals, doctors, registered dietitians. I always want to learn. And I, I like the gym for that reason. So then I'm forced to be at home. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm on a road bike on Pacific Coast Highway. And I'm like, well, this is, this is beautiful. This See, is it's lovely. weird. What, are, yeah, what is this bike yeah, thing like, on roads? Whoa, what are these legs? This is, this is crazy. I'm hiking with the dog. I'm like, well, this is very zen. I feel closer <laughs> to nature. I There's mean, no EDM yeah. in the background. The trees no. aren't thumping. Right? Like, I, you know, I got a jump rope and I was, I always sucked at it. And all of a sudden now I'm like, I was watching like, the jump rope dudes on YouTube. And I was like practicing my skips and I got kind of good at it. And I was like, well, this is fun. So I'm not going to give any of that up, but I will tell you right now that the minute the gym opens, my ass will be back and I'll be doing both. So I think people will say like, all right, I'm not going to spend as much. Maybe I don't need a, you know, cause I did save $6,000 on a membership for myself and my girlfriend to our big box gym, but I will take maybe a class or two a week. And then do my other stuff at home. And I, I see the accessibility and the affordability going nowhere, being valuable assets that people have adapted to if they weren't already used to it, because at-home fitness has always been massive. However, what I would do is scoop up any of these struggling franchises right now. Whether, you know, I don't know who's struggling, but like if there was a Rise Nation or a Rumble or any of these boutique gyms that are looking to sell, I'm sorry, this sounds like bottom feeder information, but it is business. Scoop them up because that is going to boom again. I mean, do you already know what concert you're going to? I already know what concert I'm going to. My, I'm like, already, I'm like, oh, oh my God, is Guns N' Roses going to be back this summer in New York? They're selling tickets? Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm going. Like, I'm already planning. Like, when is, I have not been to a nightclub in a decade, I would have rather stuck needles in my eyes. Right now, I'm like, I'm going to Ibiza this summer. Get out of my way. So I, I think people will be, I think it's going to be the roaring 20s. And I, I would double down on, to be honest, both of those components with fitness being bigger than ever because we've seen how powerful it is with regard to preventing disease and optimizing health and performance overall. Yeah, I think travel, travel and fitness for sure. Ugh. 
God. All of those stocks, all of those companies are just going to destroy the minute it opens up. And people are going to start traveling and they don't even want to. They're going to be on planes and they're going to hate flying. They're going to be in the gym and they don't even like working out, but they feel they're going to feel like they need to. It's like Field of Dreams, right? It's like that James Earl Jones speech <laughs> to Kevin Costner. He's like, people are going to get in the cars. They're going to come here and they won't know why. They're going to stand <laughs> on the baseball field and they won't understand the reason, but they're going to come. If you build it, yes. they will come. It's like, that's what's going to happen. And it's a... a it's it's nuts. The title of this podcast that I'm doing uh, is called Big Money Energy. When your people brought this to you and we reached out, what what did you think about when you when you heard that? I loved it. To be honest, I've always been fascinated by real estate and people who understand it because it seems like the people that make the most money are in that business. And I'm always like, oh, I have such envy, but I don't really understand it. So I find it intimidating. So people like you, I'm like, how did you do that? Like the flipping and the this and the that and the roll. I don't even have the tax law. Like I find it to be so like alluring because I realize that that's how you make big. Every billionaire I've ever talked to is like, if you ever, this is the, you know, other than the Bill Gates of the world, they're all real estate moguls. So I was already kind of, I knew who you were already was a fan and respected your energy. And I was like, oh, fun. Totally. <laughs> Part B to that question is how has money played a role in your life? It's allowed you to invest and build, but going from somebody who is delivering pizza, I think, you know, all of us when we're in our twenties, we're, we're doing kind of these odd end jobs. And I think it's important. It's character building shit. Like we all got to do it, but you've built yourself up uh, based on a passion into um, somebody who has, you know, who has the means to invest and to build businesses. What does money mean to you? The one thing I, I would say is just for anybody whose parents aren't able to help them or did not help them, don't be intimidated because it's easy to become a bit of a curmudgeon and become bitter. And it's like, well, sure, you were able to do that because your daddy gave you the money. And I get the bitterness, trust me. <laughs> you know, but, but it's not serving you and you can do it without that help. It won't be as easy, but you can get it done. Bloomberg, I think it was a parking lot attendant, right? I mean, like it can be done. You did it, I did it, it can be done. Jeff Bezos, didn't he start that out of his garage, Amazon with a little like wood yeah. sign? Like, Let's sell books so on the internet. Yeah. yeah, right. Like it can totally be done. So while money, you know, takes money to make money, you can get there without the, you know, that, that nest egg in the beginning, uh, not easy, but you can do it. So I, what I find money buys me is freedom. I can't tell you that it buys you happiness, but it definitely buys you freedom. So I don't live in fear of things like cancel culture because I'm like, eh, if I never worked again tomorrow, like, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. You know, I, you know, and it allows me because there are people that I can't tell you how often I hear like, I agree with you. And it's like, right, but you didn't come out and say shit because you're scared. And I don't, I, I don't blame you, but like, I cannot tell you how many fitness people like keto, even keto. They're like, yeah, this is complete shit. You're totally right. I'm like, you're the one with the PhD. Say something, <laughs> say something, you know, and it's like in the quiet DMs because they're so scared of like the keto crusaders, like destroying their business that nobody speaks. And it has given me the ability to speak without fear and, and to tell what I believe is the truth. And if somebody confronts me with information that changes my mind, I'm totally open to that as well. You know, teach me. I'm, I'm here to learn. If there's something I don't know, I, I want to know it. But without money, I don't, I don't know that I would be quite so brave. I'd be scared because I'd think like, how am I going to feed my family next month if all of a sudden I'm quote canceled 
And that's that's terrifying. Freedom, for sure. The harder you work, the luckier you get, right? And, yes. the, and the more money you can make and the, the more free you can be. And that way you don't give a shit. You know, some of the wealthiest people that I that I meet, they they walk into a room and they literally just have that air of I don't give a shit. Whatever happens, happens. It's self-confidence, it's a lot of different things. But um, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. you are so fresh and so real. Like it's just such a pleasure to to talk <laughs> to you. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Go kick ass. Uh, I hope we get to talk and, and meet again uh, in person one day. Uh, I'll let too. you know. Well, I'll let you when I'm in LA. Maybe we'll go for a hike. I would love or drink. My God. Let's do both. Yeah. By the time I get to LA, the nightclubs will be open. We'll hike and, and to go dancing. It's going to be great. I would love it. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. If you're ready to take action today based on Jillian Michaels' entire blueprint for how she got to where she is, go to bigmoneyenergy.com slash podcast to download an action plan that I put together for you as well as the show notes. That's bigmoneyenergy.com slash podcast. Find more podcasts like Big Money Energy on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Big Money Energy is hosted by me, Ryan Serhant, and it's produced by Mike Coscarelli and Joe Loresca, and executive produced by Christina Everett. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 